Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is New Year's Day, January 1st, 2018. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope your I hope your 2018 is starting out great. Let's continue our look back as we have been doing over the last couple of weeks to the best games of 2017. I got so many great lists sent in of top three games of the year. Eclectic lists, really different games being brought up. I asked you to include at least one game, either as one of the three or as an additional fourth game, that you consider to be a personal favorite, something that probably won't be brought up by many people at the end of the year. And I have had such a good time listening to these lists, so we're going to do so Again today to kick off 2018, and we're going to start with a list from Yuri. This is coming all the way from Russia, and he recorded it just hours before New Year's Day 2018. This is Yuri calling in to you from Russia with my top three games of the year. It's almost one hour before the New Year, and here I am with my top three. So, number one would be the Splatoon 2. Number two would be the Persona 5. And number three, and as well the underappreciated game, would be the Danganronpa V3 to the Kill in Harmony. Take care. Happy New Year. Thanks for the list, Yuri, and thanks for taking the time there right before the clock struck midnight to send in a call-in. I appreciate you thinking of me there at the end of 2017. You know, for as much as everybody has praised the Switch this year, and rightfully so, what an accomplishment, Nintendo, coming back from the dead, coming back from the Wii U, which really was a non-starter console for for many people, coming back with a vengeance and embracing an idea that I think really captured the imagination of audiences, made people want to leap back into the Nintendo infrastructure – And did it with really, really high-profile, amazing games. Really transcendent, generation-defining games like Zelda and Mario. For all the excitement around the Switch, I haven't heard a lot of people mention Splatoon 2. And Splatoon, when it came out, I think was a real highlight of the Wii U. And I think proof that Nintendo can do new IP, has new ideas in them can find ways to take established genres and make them more family-friendly. I mean, it really is a competitive first-person, well, third-person shooter, but done in a family-friendly way that I think is really, really more palatable for a lot wider audience. Splatoon got a lot of really great critical acclaim when it was released. And Splatoon 2, I think, came out and really was more of the same, perhaps, and I don't think had as big of a splash, you'll forgive the pun, as the first game, and I haven't heard a lot of people bring it up, so I'm interested that you included it as one of your top three games of the year. I think that's really cool, and uh, I know a lot of people love playing Splatoon on the Switch handheld, 
Uh, I'm not really a Splatoon guy, but I have some friends that are like really into Splatoon, and they love Splatoon 2. So cool to hear Splatoon 2 brought up here at the end of the year as one of the best games, because I haven't heard a lot of people do that. Persona 5, on the other hand, I have heard a lot of people talk about. I've, I've talked about it at length on the show, about how it didn't really grab me even after putting in several hours I just uh, wasn't enticed by the story layer uh, of the game, which I think is the the selling point for most people. It really is what most people praise most about the game. I liked the combat system. I really loved the art design, as I've said numerous times now. But Persona 5 was such a big, deep, demanding experience, and there were so many other great games of 2017. I just didn't have the patience to stick with it. And I, I bailed after about eight hours probably with the game. And uh, I think that may not have been enough for me to give it a fair shake. But such was the state of affairs in 2017 where we had so many great releases. But while there is a part of me that looks at Persona 5 and wonders if I could find the love if I just gave it more time, that is not the case with Danganronpa. <laughs> I'm just not into that series at all. And moreover... It doesn't interest me. I I have no desire to give it a shot. I dig that you dig it, Yuri. Very cool. Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony came out this year. Big, long, storied history of Danganronpa games. They look weird and uh, a little off-putting to me, I'll be honest. And maybe I have a bias that isn't fair, but uh, I just am am not interested in that series. But it is certainly... One that the people who love it, love it. So uh, it sounds like you are among those. And I appreciate you bringing it up because I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. It was a pretty big release this year. Okay, we pivot now from a list of a bunch of games that I can't really relate to to a list that I really can. These are my games. In fact, uh, a lot of them echo my favorite games of the year. Wink, wink. This comes from... Scott. Hey, Jeff, this is Scott, a.k.a. Global Reset, just calling in with my top games of 2017. Uh, Number one, I had to go with Horizon Zero Dawn. Just the whole package here was so wonderful. The setup for the story, like how the world got the way it was, the the differences between all the cultures you you meet around the land and, you know, the the main plot that you're to drive the story forward, what you're actually doing in the game, all of it just blew me away. It was such a memorable experience. Won't forget this game for a while. Number two was Lone Echo. I uh, just recently got into VR, and I do have a problem with motion sickness. So Lone Echo blew me away by how much time I was able to spend free-floating in space. Uh, I did not want to take the headset off. Great game. Number three, one that I think might be overlooked, is Universal Paperclips. This, to me, was um, a, a world-shaking game. It'll make you question whether or not we want to automate anything. It looks like a simple game from the start. But I guarantee it that you have a lot to learn from it, and you will be shook by the end of it. Thanks. Well, Scott, you know I'm going to high-five you on this list because of your three games, two of the three are in my top three of the year as well. If you listened to the DLC podcast that I do once a week over at 5by5.tv slash DLC, we stepped through our top fives of the year, myself, Christian Spicer, and our guest, Anthony Taormina. And uh, of of your two games, two of them were on my top three as well, and one was my game of the year. So let's talk about Horizon Zero Dawn, of course. I've talked about a lot. 
I know you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about how much I love Horizon Zero Dawn. And I think there's this schism between people that love Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn. And really that has most to do with the fact that they came out the same week this year. And so we couldn't help but compare them, both big open world role-playing games. I just prefer the experience of Horizon Zero Dawn, a more focused, more narrative experience. Uh, I like Aloy. I like the visual... Uh, splendor of the Horizon world. I like the design of the Horizon world. It seems new and different and interesting, something I haven't experienced before. And while the systems in Breath of the Wild are impressive, it doesn't have those things, I think, that Horizon Zero Dawn does. So um, I'm with you, Scott. Horizon Zero Dawn, a great, great game. But I'm about to do backflips because I can't believe somebody brought up my game of the year, my very top Number one experience, not just of this year, but really one of the great video game experiences of my lifetime. And that is Lone Echo. I know a lot of people give me a lot of grief for my constant beating of the drum on VR. And I'm, I'm sure if you're not into VR, it can be annoying to hear me constantly talk about how much I love it. But the reason I love it is because of experiences like Lone Echo. I think it's the best VR game ever made. I think it is one of the great video game experiences. You don't kill anything in it, which is an impressive feat to make it as thrilling and pulse-pounding and exciting a game as it is, and yet I never have to blast anything or murder any humans or space aliens. It is uh, a feeling of incredible movement and freedom to float weightlessly around a space station and then take steps outside the space station. It is unlike anything I've ever experienced in a video game to really feel like I am floating through space weightlessly, moving around, using my own momentum, pushing off surfaces. So well realized. And then the narrative layer of relating to this human being that you actually develop a relationship with and care about over the course of the game. What an accomplishment. What an accomplishment to create a human character that you can see as up close as you can in VR in this game and have her feel lifelike and human and have personality. It's I, – I mean I can't say enough good things. The, the last third of this game is – absolutely stunning where you end up where you go in this game is jaw-dropping it is it feels like a great science fiction film i mean it feels like gravity or or the arrival or something it is it's that level of imagination and execution it looks great it plays great if you have any chance to get your face on an Oculus and try Lone Echo. It's not an experience that you're going to understand in just a few minutes. It really requires playing through a lot of this game to understand what makes it so special because it's a narrative experience. It grows, it builds and crescendos. But man, I'm so glad, Scott, that you agree that Lone Echo is one of the best games in the year. For me, the best game of the year. And I like that you bring up Universal Paperclips. Now, if you're not familiar with this, a Swedish philosopher by the name of Nick Bostrom uh, introduced this concept of a machine, an AI, that was designed to maximize the output of 
paperclips. It's a machine designed to create paperclips, and it has one goal, and that is to create as many paperclips as efficiently as possible and do that job better than anything has ever done anything. And his thought experiment goes that if we really create an all-powerful AI that is only designed to create paperclips and do that really, really well, eventually that machine destroys the world. <laughs> in in the in the effort to create paperclips, it completely destroys the world. It's a fascinating thought experiment and a fascinating idea about AI, and it's explored in this game, Universal Paperclips, which takes that idea and gamifies it in a really cool way. And I love that you bring it up. I haven't heard anybody talk about this game, but it is, it's a simple game, but one that has profound cons uh, consequences for how you think about the world, as you've said, Scott. So very, very cool list. Thank you so much for sending it in and happy new year to everybody.